Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Fantasy Baseball. Today is Thursday, February 27th. I'm Alex Uwe, here today with Ray Estrada. How are you doing, man? Doing pretty good. How about you? Doing well. This is uh, this is going to be the first yeah. show to kick off our, or my, fantasy rankings preview for the 2020 yeah. season. Um, they're almost done. They so will most of be them uploaded. Are in place. Yeah, they so will be uploaded. Back end of it. Yeah, you know, we got enough to start. <laughs> we got enough to start. So they will be uploaded on our website, beattheshiftbaseball.com/fantasy. Um, very easy to find if you're curious. If you want to see the full list, but today we're just going to talk about general strategies and, and then the first two rounds. It'll be it'll be really straightforward yeah. and then you know we'll pick up steam as we move forward and we're not going to go two rounds at a time for the entire set of rankings we'll go maybe two rounds for the first hundred picks or so and then we'll we'll spread it out yeah. because you know lower down you get i'll just pick out a few few players that i like more and, and i mean and, and you mentioned it too we're changing the way that we're kind of going through this last year we did it you know, by tens, and then we made it by twenties or whatever. Yeah, this so year we're actually going by rounds. Mm-hmm. Tw- uh, essentially, twelve team league. Yeah, so I guess that's a good place to start. Is just where, where, like how we're scoring this, and where we're going to go from here. So, all of these rankings, it'll be a top three hundreds overall rankings. I do have positional rankings as well, uh, but we're going to go over the the top three hundred. And the scoring format that we're using is one that we've discussed before. It's what I use in the fantasy league that I run. It's a rotisserie six by six categories league. Um, the main differences being on base percentage and slugging percentage instead of batting average. Um, net stolen bases, so that's stolen bases minus caught stealings, which so is just a no brainer. Top ten player. Yeah, then. it's just a no brainer <laughs> to me to to do that. I don't know why more people don't do that. Um, it's just for consistency's sake. Um, those are the main differences on offense. Still home runs, RBI, run scores for the other three. And then on the pitching side, um, we have innings pitched, quality starts, uh, so no wins. Um, saves plus holds, so closers are not as big of a, uh, a strict advantage for saves. And then... The rest is standard strikeouts, ERA, and WHIP. So, if if you have questions about any of this, all that'll be you know in the description on our website um, for your reference at any time. So that's that's what we're doing. We're gonna go through the first twenty four players of my rankings. That's two rounds in a twelve team league, and yeah. So you know maybe before we get into it, we can just talk about drafting in general because. It's been a year, right? Yeah. It's good yeah. to just re- get in the right headspace for how to draft, how to look at rankings before we just start throwing names out there. So, you know, I'll I'll start by asking you, maybe, when when you draft, what kinds of what kinds of things do you look at? What resources do you use? How do you prepare for a draft? Um, how to prepare for a draft is, I mean. I'll look at kind of all these kind of different fancy sites that maybe have. I know that you put out your rankings, but you don't have you know write ups and all of them because that that take way too much time. Uh, yeah, these, no, my my resource is not the resource. Don't yeah, don't mistake just that rankings. <laughs> no. If you want, if you want, where do you like, think I get 
all all this information <laughs> yeah, so, from. So, so I'm kind of going to those places, seeing seeing guys, and and not necessarily just looking at fantasy angle stuff too, because obviously you know it doesn't uh, those angles might not line up with the scoring that we have, because they might be concerned about other stuff like you know Whitmerfield. We always come back to him with because stolen bases is what props <laughs> him up so much, but um, I mean just kind of everywhere, just looking for the best players. And my strategy going in is early on you want to take the best available players that that, that are there. And this is this is assuming you know non keeper you have you have a clean slate. Early on I'm taking best available players, and then you and then I don't know exactly when, but to me, then you start kind of filling out uh, positions to make sure that you don't have you know okay. back end of one. And then what I like to do as a draft strategy is that kind of like more later round positions say like catchers or um even like closers to take one take a top one early so that maybe other people see that and then we get on a run of those positions and then you can pick and choose Mm -hmm. better players because other people are distracted by going for those players gotcha so to summarize so you have a pretty different approach than a lot of people you don't think of how you want to build your team in the early rounds you you take whatever's there you keep it simple you go pretty straight up with what you have ranked because no matter what you're going to get the best players possible you're not worrying about the how your team construction is going to look in the early rounds but once you get to the mid rounds then you start looking at okay what do i need how am i going to address that and you like to start the runs um whether that be with really pitchers or catchers or whatever that may be you don't want to be late to the party you want to you want to start no, it, it, it's, it's twofold. I don't I don't want to relate to the party at, at, at thin positions like that. And I also, like I said, it's almost kind of distracting. Like, okay, let these people go on a run with that where they might have taken this guy that I want, but because they're worried like, oh, I need a catcher now. I'm going to take okay. him. Yeah. Uh, so I guess to go with that too is just like, you know, cut your losses. Don't You don't have to like do do too much to like make up ground in a certain category or in a certain area if you're lacking, you know. Yeah. You, you just go with the draft because if – if people are are zigging, then you can zag. Like something, something will be there for you to take advantage of. Um, that's not really the same way that I do it. So just real quick too, before I get into more of like the the strategy in the draft, um, just resources that I use. I use Fangraphs a ton. I mean, obviously, like you can use any site for just their their normal year-to-year lines like ESPN, MLB.com, Baseball Reference, whatever you want. I like Fangraphs a lot just because they have batted ball data. A lot more info, yeah. Um, I like using their batted ball data. I use, um, why am I, Baseball Savant um, for for StatCast data. I, I love that. And me, in that that stuff is a little bit more when I, when I have interest in a particular player, I'll go there. I won't just like comb through. Yeah, no, yeah, no, Savant. They, they, they don't have. They don't have like. Uh... They have leaderboards, but I don't go off the leaderboards much. It's more no, it, no, more exactly. to look at trends. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I that's a great resource. I listen to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast that CBS does. They do daily podcasts. They're great. Um, they're way better than us. Um, There's a lot of people I, who, who could say that. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah, but... <laughs> But it might sound like a lot of what I say is influenced by them. In 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 part, that's true. But you know, I I'm a big boy. I have my opinions. Yeah. Um, and then you know, those are just a few of the resources that I use. And then, obviously, I I make my own 
rankings when I go into a draft, so I have those open. But if you don't, I would recommend using some sort of cheat sheet or having some rankings yeah. from, from reliable shows that you have open, whether that's Fantasy Pros, you know, if you just want to look at like average draft position to know what's going on, or if you have a certain writer that you trust in like their fantasy rankings, or um, I think there's a, a resource called um, Mr. Cheat Sheet. Um, I don't, I, I think that's what it's called, um, which is basically just tons of positional rankings and tiers at each position for different formats. Um, so those are some resources that I like to use. And I wanted to throw that out there before talking about our stuff because our goal is to help, you know, we're, we're here to talk, talk fantasy, but, um, this is a resource too. So let's talk yeah. about draft strat. So you gave your draft yeah. strategy. I would say the biggest thing for this year for me is just going crazy with starting pitching. Like, however much starting pitching in the early rounds you think you'll need, or it's probably going to be more than that. Like, I, I legitimately might use like 75% of my first. I might go six out of eight picks to start off the draft pitchers. I might, just because that's. That's the context of baseball right now. It's so top heavy. That, that's how that's how thin the reliability is. Yeah, there's maybe thirty thirty and change starting pitchers that I think are reliably good starting pitchers with high upside and a relatively safe floor. And then after that, you're 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 totally blind. Yeah. You, you, there's some great upside out there. There's some stable options, but We've this seen that. Kind of down. Yeah, we've seen that all of that can implode so quickly that I really want to make sure I I have a few of those like those blue chips, those those great starting pitcher options, and not not just some. Like I want, I want to be done. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to. I, mean, I don't want to bank. Maybe I'll take like one pitcher, starting pitcher later in the draft. But yeah, I want to be just done with starting pitching early, which is. Might be an overreaction. It might not be. We'll see how it goes. There's there's a lot of hitting depth everywhere, pretty much every position. So, um, yeah, that's it. That's that's it. Let's just get into yeah. the rankings. Uh, All right. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's start with it. Um, let's see. Number one, Bartolo Colon. Yeah. Well, he's he's <laughs> he's in with a new right? team with a new team. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting park factor for him, but I think yeah. he can he can adjust to. Uh, I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's Mike Trout. I mean. Not much to say on that one, right? Yes, but this is one of the more fun years to debate than yes. in the past. Um, I've seen headlines that have suggested other players. Um, yeah, well, I, I think the most interesting one is just in a standard 5x5 five five rotisserie league. Ronald Acuna is a popular one. Um, it's it's the same debate Still we've been amazing. having for years. It, at, at a certain point, it was... Trout versus Altuve. I I could go back further. Trout's been yeah. good for so long, but it was like Trout and Altuve, and it was Trout and who else? Jose Ramirez and Trout and Mookie Betts, or who else? You, you know, it's always him versus somebody else. Um, and now it's Acuna. So Mike Trout will take all comers, and he will win every time. And he's. It doesn't mean just because he's the number one pick, he's gonna deliver the number one overall rating at the end of the season he's it doesn't mean that it just means that you know he's gonna be great no matter why would you why would you pass on probably the most he's gonna be a top 10 hitter in fantasy no matter what even if he misses like 50 games 
Um, and then if best case scenario, he is the best hitter in fantasy because he's done it <laughs> yeah. before. So you know, there's it's everything. Um, and I'm not going to spend all that much more time on it. So yeah. So we'll just continue on. Yeah, continue on. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about this group of four outfielders here. You have two through five: Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, Ronald Acuna. Yeah, and this is a pretty consensus top five. Um, all over the place. Some people will maybe bump Garrett Cole into that group, but there's nobody. Um, there's, I mean, there's nobody in this group that I could reasonably see taking after a pitcher just because they're your star, no matter yeah. what. And that's not to say there aren't other offensive studs, but these guys are as as sure as it gets. Christian Yelich is as good as Mike Trout now. Like if you if you weren't paying attention, he is. Um, like he had an eleven hundred OPS last year. He's he might be better than Mike Trout, and he steals bases. So you know, say what you want about about him. Like you you could take him number one overall, and I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't think you're crazy, but it's just a security thing, right? Like Mike Trout's yeah. done it for eight years, and Yelich has done it for two now, which is really good. Last year, he was not a top 10 player for a lot of people because it's like, well, that was a fluky MVP You season. had him ranked at 13 to Yeah, because it was the, Coming fl- it was the fly season. ball. It was the fly ball rate in 20, 20, 2018 that had everybody like, oh, there's no way he's going to repeat that. You know, Miller Park. Yeah, the, the peripheral seemed an unsustainable kind of power. Yeah, he had like a 40% home run to fly ball rate, which is just nuts. And it, he somehow like sustained it. He started hitting more fly balls and kept the fly ball rate up and the power just he answered any questions about his power really early last season and and then he ran more than ever last year too which makes him a really appealing option um yeah i don't know about the steals year to year i don't like to assume i don't like to project stolen base numbers just because it's like if they want to do it they'll do it you know especially especially for these players it's mostly with about ability for me like Jose Altuve is a great example of a player who we're used to seeing in the top five of drafts, and then he hasn't run for the last two years. You know, he's dealt with injuries and, and everything else. He's still a great bat, but doesn't run. He could just start running again. He's still got elite sprint speed, and he's got a new manager. So maybe that influences things. If Jose Altuve steals five bases in the first, you know, three weeks of the season, now then every all of a sudden everybody's going to be like, oh, Altuve's back to running. Like, he's back up yeah. at the top. So. Yeah. And they need to get to second base now to actually steal signs, or at least we think. That could be another uh, interesting <laughs> development there. In the, see, in the last couple of years, there was no pressure to get to second base because they just had the signs. I want to study on this. Some some internet sleuth who uh, who's all about the Astros cheating, get on that. Um, that's an angle that, that I hadn't thought of before. <laughs> um, I'm just going to run through the rest of because the order that we have is Yelich, who I clearly like a lot, and then yeah. the two Dodgers... Weird to say, but Bellinger and Betts <laughs> are the next two. Um, Bellinger made huge gains in strikeout rate and walk rate last year. Those mm-hmm. are the biggest signs of just developing into a a reliable hitter, a yeah. reliably mature hitter. Um, even though he had an absolutely unrepeatable month of April, that's like only a handful of people in baseball history have had a month that good. Um, the rest of the year was still really good you know he he pretty much performed to his expected stats based on how how well he hit the ball and like i said everything else is is real with him you know that's that's it Mm -hmm. the gains he made i think were were substantial and then the dodgers of course have 
one of the best lineups in baseball. There's no question about the production numbers. In any case, Mookie Betts, same kind of deal. He'll lead off. He might steal again. We don't we don't know. That's that's yeah. a variable. But he's a near 400 on base percentage guy. No matter what, he might lose some power without having the green monster there. He hits a ton of doubles. That's a lot of his production. He's a great pull hitter. I don't really know how Dodger Stadium plays pull. It's pretty it's pretty balanced from it, what I know. It's, it's very neutral because it's it's magical field. Yeah. So. I mean, he's leading off of the Dodgers. Like, you're yeah. not going to get a bad outcome there. Ronald Acuna's at the bottom here. He has probably the highest home run stolen base combo upside, but his his OPS is considerably lower than his the rest of the top four. Are... Yeah, his strikeouts are concerning. Um, I think he'll get better at it because he is hopefully a god tier level prospect <laughs> in just ter- in terms of pedigree, and I think he, he can only get better. Really, considering how young he is, and now he's just planted in that leadoff spot. So, you know, I yeah. I think the game's just gonna get easier for him, honestly. And <laughs> you know, near forty forty guy, it could just as easily Stated happen wants again. To be 50-50. Yeah, and the motivation seems like it's there. Yeah. So you know, we'll take that. But the the on base numbers and slugging numbers are considered. He's about. I expect him to be about a hundred points of OPS lower than the rest of this group. So that's he's, why he's the he's least fifth. complete hitter out of those. Yeah, and then this this just the format on base and slugging yeah, both again, matter. This, this if it was batting position. average, you know, that, that changes a lot too because it's yeah. it's a much different game. But yeah, that's that's the five. I don't think there's gonna be much debate yeah. there. Um at least in this this kind of format, you know. Pick your yeah. pick your poison or you know pick your star. It yeah. doesn't matter. So there, yeah. So there's your top five picks, and now as we get into the second half of the first round, here's our starting pitchers. We we had to run four out or I guess five outfielders mm-hmm. at the top, but now we have four starting pitchers: Garrett Cole, Jacob Degrom, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, six through ten. Yeah, I didn't mess around. Six, and, six through nine. Excuse me. Yeah, I didn't mess around and mix in other position players there. These are the the ace tier yeah uh, not just the ace tier these are the elites these elite are, ace tier these are the best of the best garrett cole with the yankees i think will be just as good as he i mean the dude's a stud yeah him and verlander last year did things that i didn't really think starting pitchers could do in this in this day and age and there's nothing to lead me to believe that they can't do it again um so garrett cole is number one you know it, it mainly because he's durable too. Like he's not he's pretty reasonably young. He's going his age thirty season, is that right? Twenty nine? Yeah. Something like that. And he has he doesn't have injury history. So what more could you ask for? Jacob deGrom, I have ahead of Verlander, which is a little bit shocking just because, like I said, Garrett Cole and Verlander were ahead of the pack by a lot last year. And part of that was because Verlander threw two hundred and fifty innings and struck out 300 batters as well. And I don't think he's going to be able to do that again, replicate that quantity. And also he's, what, 37? He's old now. 36, 37, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm not going to just assume that he's going to fall apart. He has to be in this tier because that's the kind of production yeah, he is. Yeah, he's still going to strike I'll, out. But I'll have DeGrom ahead, particularly because quality starts in this format. The win totals that he's been getting won't hurt him, and I don't think the even if you are in a wins league, Jacob Degrom could win twenty games, and I wouldn't bat an eye. The Mets are yeah. pretty good, so 
Jacob Degrom is there. Yeah, he's... the Mets aren't the Mets of 2018 where they had like a, what eight bullpen ERA in Degrom. Starts. Yeah, Degrom <laughs> Degrom can easily turn in 200 plus innings and probably like 250 strikeouts there. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then Scherzer has some health issues, but he's still Max Scherzer, and when it when he's on the mound, he's yeah. still delivering the same. He looked very good in his two spring outings versus the Astros. That means nothing to me, but but yeah. you know it's fine in terms of. He's he's still Max Scherzer. It's only health concern is the reason yeah. he's fourth. So I have a yeah. Go ahead and let's continue. Let's keep yeah. going. All right. So here we have our first batch of infielders. Three here, ten through twelve. You, we're going with Bregman, Freeman, and Anthony Rendon. Yeah. So I I said I didn't want to mess around and inject any of these players in front of any of these starting pitchers that we have, but. It, it, they they're they're as good as the elite, you know, the top five outfielder tier, um, just maybe a hair below. I I don't really have much more to say. Bregman is a stud in terms of strikeout to walk rate, has a great on base percentage, and plays in in a little sandbox in in Minute Maid, for, <laughs> perfect for him to hit homers in. So baby stadium, sign stealing or not, he's he's gonna be great. Like there's it's it's gonna be really shocking to see his numbers just do a full 180 in in any yeah like, yeah even I mean, I don't think his numbers are gonna, are, gonna, are gonna plummet to where he's in you know no you could make i could you know you could, player. you could make a case to just put him with that top five that i have there as well um the opp will be fine if he gets hit hit a bunch that's true i it's just the repeatability right like he's he doesn't have the same kind of pedigree especially in terms of power to repeat, like a lot of those ho- those forty homers might turn into doubles, which I wouldn't be shocked at at all. And then he's a less valuable player, but still yeah. a first rounder. Freddie Freeman is great every year. Is dealing with shoulder discomfort and said he has been for like years now. So I'm not gonna I take. Wouldn't, I wouldn't notice. I'm not gonna make anything of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's just he's the best first baseman in the game, pretty clear cut, and he's he's right there with him. Like I, you know I could. You could quibble over the order of these these three players. Anthony Rendon, same deal. Going to L.A., going to hit either... He's going to Anaheim. He's, yeah, well, yeah. He, has to, <laughs> he probably, probably flew to L.A. and then went to... But, yeah. I flying, John Wayne. I know you can. But he's uh, he's going to hit by Mike Trout. He's not about the Hollywood lifestyle. He's, he's going to be real. I don't think he's a contract bust or kind no. of guy. Like, I, he's not a, I made my money... I'm I'm good kind of guy. Like he's he's just so naturally good at the game. He's he's a very consistent hitter. The on ba- yeah, the on base percentage format again just like makes him a stud. So let's let's keep let's keep moving past past these three. Yeah. They're they're all reliable. All, all, all reliable. Uh so that ends the first round. Yeah. So essentially so assuming you have you're doing a snake draft twelve, we'll get the thirteenth pick and then so on. So we're gonna go with at the top of the second round, uh, also defending World Series champion Juan Soto. So we go from reliable to ton of upside that we've seen a ton of production from. But yeah, not he's very long. He's already so reliable. He's uh, his plate discipline is is remarkable. Like I said, you know the strikeout to walk. I'm going to bring up strikeout to walk so much. That's just a very it's, 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 it's a, a very, very clear very yeah. It's a very clear sign of just maturity and stability as a hitter. Um, the, like he can only go up in terms of power, I think, right? 
like you know two years ago his ground ball rate was in question like he hits a lot of ground balls i don't know if he can hit for power he hit for more power last year and everything else stayed the same and he got better like he's a he's gonna be on base for like, yeah 40 percent of the time no matter what if he can channel the way he hit in the playoffs i mean yeah he's so season. he's so young like he can be he can be anything he we're can, older than him yeah, he, he, I mean, he doesn't steal bases is the only thing. But he can he be fourth. the best hitter in baseball <laughs> if he wants to. So he might have whatever. third now in the lineup with Rendon out. but Actually, well, we'll get to this a little bit later about the Nationals lineup. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So, let's yeah. – give me, give me the next few. Next few. Uh, we'll do the next couple. A couple short stops. Trevor Story, Francisco Lindor. I have Story ahead of Lindor because Coors Field is a cheat code. And – Honestly, Lindor was really good, but I think the 2018 season that was making him a first-rounder, obviously the best outcome, I don't I don't know if he can do much more than that. Like, he was a that was, that, was, that was a peak, not necessarily yeah. a consistent uh, plateau. Yeah, but he's a five-category contributor. Both mm-hmm. of them are. I think, you know, just Trevor Story playing in the ballpark he does gives him, yeah. gives him the edge there. Um, but Lindor is... He's a very refined hitter in every way, and steals, mm-hmm. you know, he'll probably steal 20 bases, he'll hit 30-plus home runs, but Story will just edge him out in in power and run production, probably, so yeah. that's why I have him there. Uh, let's move to, to Nolan Arnauto next at 16. Again, Coors Field, Colorado Rocky. He's dropped 12 spots from the beginning of last year. Yeah, part part of that's because I I used to rank on a standard roto okay. scale, and I still it, think it, it, his on base isn't that fantastic compared. No, to it's players, not. Correct? Yeah, yeah, he's he's not a great on base player. Just pure power. Just 40 homers, 120 RBIs. Shoe him in for that, and then that's it. Like that, <laughs> like you can. He's just so reliable. He's there every year. It's just there's better hitters in front of him uh, now. Yeah. So here's our second set of starting pitchers. There's three here, uh, 17 or 19. Walker Bueller, or sorry, Shane Bieber, Walker Bueller, Jack Flaherty. So all young guys. Wow, those Dodgers eyes really throwing you off there. I, I Walker Bueller could be at the top at the end. I of the saw year. Shane Bieber was at the top, and then when I looked back to it, I don't know why. Yeah, Shane Bieber is really not getting a whole lot of love. I guess because people only like young people like young starting pitchers until they say, "Well, he he's only done it for a season," and they're like, "Well, yeah. what more do you want?" He's I think he's <laughs> going into his age twenty five season, might be his age twenty six season, but he's he pitched two hundred plus innings. I think he pitched close to two two hundred twenty innings. He he is a great, great, great pitcher in terms of going deep into games. Mm-hmm. Um, he had two. He uh, was. Did he have two CGs or two shutouts last year? He had two complete game shutouts last year, and he. I think he might have only been second to Verlander in seven plus innings pitch starts. So, you know that's reassuring. That's like the one question mark we have with like every young pitcher. Like, well, what's the workload going to be like? Well, that's what it's going to be yeah. like. Um, and then he is fantastic command. He he. Runs it up to 97 miles an hour, which I was not expecting when he came up as a prospect, but he does. And he has a nasty slider, has excellent command of three of his pitches, and he's so... Everything about his skill set and his situation and his circumstance on the team he's on seems so safe for 200-plus innings and, like, 250 mm-hmm. strikeouts. That's what he did. Yeah. Like, I, and it's like, okay, well, everything checks out there. And the only knock on him is that, like, well, he, he hasn't done it 
for more than a year. It's like, well, he's been up in the majors for like a year and a half. So what do you want? Walker Bueller is probably the best pitching, like the highest upside pitcher in the game right now. Like he could just be on on a tier of his own. Yeah, like he c- could be c- Garrett Cole. That's considering the stuff that he has. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic stuff. Pitches for the Dodgers, and he's he's seasoned now. He's there's no more workload mm-hmm. questions with him. He seems no, I mean those are not the ones like last a healthy year. guy. There was no workload stuff last year. Yeah, um, big game pitcher. Sure, yeah, like all all the things. He's a great young pitcher. Definitely more upside than Bieber. I just think Bieber's Bieber's closer there in terms of yeah. He's like yeah. I think he's more likely to deliver it the exact same product he gave last year, which would be phenomenal. Jack Flaherty had the best second half of like anybody ever, you know, one of the one of the best of all time. That's not sustainable, but I look at full game sample sizes and in twenty eighteen he had a similar run to what he did last year in the second half, where it looks legit. You know, there's there's very few holes in his game by mm-hmm. now and he's getting older he's he's learning how to pitch more and he's just a he- he's a healthy young pitcher yeah who has stuff. like sub 2 ERA potential <laughs> that's like yeah that's that's what he is so you know take any of these three pitchers take more than two of them if people are sleeping on Shane Bieber in your league for or Jack Flaherty for whatever reason um yeah. you know they're all studs um yeah, let's keep let's keep it going. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we're getting close to the end here. Uh, we'll do two outfielders. I'll put that with parentheses. Uh, George Springer and JD Martinez. Um. Yeah. JD Martinez is an outfielder, and he probably will keep it because the Red Sox probably play. Well, they with, still with play him out. Gone. Yeah, they, they still they, play him out they there. They play him out there. Here and there, and and with, with constant interleague play, they're they're gonna you know put him in the lineup. Yeah, I don't think that's. Play. I don't even think that's worth mentioning. Um, George Springer is a guy who is more interesting to me. He gets slept on in a lot of leagues, and obviously Astros are you know cheaters. What are they going to look like this year? George Springer was phenomenal last year. Like he he's been really good in the cheating era for the Astros, and like whenever he's healthy, he's putting up the same production. Last year he stayed healthy, and he hit thirty nine homers, and still reached base at. I believe like a 390 clip. You know, he's a leadoff hitter who drives in a ton of runs because of his power and the depth of the Astros lineup. And that's a rare thing, you know? Like, why don't why don't we just take the leadoff hitters for all the best lineups in baseball? Because, you know, they're going to deliver. And he hits for power. So there's everything to like about George Springer. Um, J.D. Martinez, he's a consistent run-producing machine. Um, last year was kind of a down year for him. And he's not going to have Mookie Betts setting the table for him anymore. So I don't know if the run production will be as good. But just in terms of raw power and, you know, stat cast projectability, like he still hits the ball incredibly hard, even given the ballpark he's in is not a great park for him. <laughs> like he uses the whole field and Fenway is deep to center field and right field, but he still hits balls out. So, you know, maybe age will take a toll at some point, but it hasn't yet. So I'm not going to... That's, that's another thing, if I'm just going to touch on a trend throughout the entire rankings, is I'm not just going to assume people are going to crumble with age because certain guys year after year, I'm just going to keep saying, they haven't yet. Why would I just expect yeah, them to exactly. all of a sudden? So 
Yeah, J.D. Martinez. We, we've only got three more. Three we're more. I mean, I mean, we'll, we'll finish them. We got Steven Strasburg, Trey Turner, and Fernando Tatis Jr. to finish out uh, our first two rounds of a 12-team league. Yeah, Strasburg, uh, you know, this is a guy who is not in that same tier of the young pitchers in terms of upside. I think what we saw last year from Strasburg was the upside, and even that wasn't that great. It was like a 3.3 ERA and has, has a reasonably low whip. He, he improved his pitch mix a lot to improve the ground ball rate and the strikeout rate. So, you know, obviously he his pedigree, you know, he's a, he's a vet now. But, you know, he's one, always been touted as one of the most talented pitchers in the game. Like, if he could just start, you know, putting it together. But I think that is the, the, the high end of the spectrum. He was a very valuable pitcher, especially in a format like ours that rewards volume. Like, he threw a lot of innings and stayed healthy and was consistent throughout the whole year. And, yeah, I mean, I think you have to take him here. Like, you could argue maybe take one of these young, exciting shortstops ahead of him and then bump him down to start the next round with this other tier of starting pitchers that will be coming up here. There's a lot of starters coming, um, mm-hmm. you know, and especially in the next couple of rounds. So, um, yeah, he's, he's just kind of on his own. Like, I, I group a lot of pitchers together, just mini tiers, sort of, and Strasburg's just there by himself. Like, yeah. I don't know what to do with him. Um, <laughs> I'll get I'll, – I'll touch on the young shortstops. Trey Turner – Perennial NL MVP, according to you. Yes, he's he's gonna get it. He's gonna be my <laughs> prediction for NL MVP until he wins it. Because the second I don't, I know he's gonna win it. So I don't want to be that guy. And his bat is really, really solid, really dynamic. And he might hit third for the Nationals, which would be really weird. It would sap his stolen base value a good amount. I he could still. I just don't know he why could they steal, would hit him third. He could steal thirty bases in his sleep. So, like, I'm not that worried about the stolen base production. And he, he's incredibly fast, so he doesn't get caught stealing, like, at all, which is a big deal. Um, which is, you know, the opposite of Fernando, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., who Free is willing on the bases. crazy aggressive on the bases, great athleticism, and I think he can easily fix, you know, the, the base running outs he gives away just by, like, okay, slow it, slow it down a little bit. You're incredibly fast. You just don't have to go every time. So yeah, well, definitely uh, Tatis has Yeah, having watched top. him just touching on seeing him in person. I think one time we saw him get thrown out when everybody that we were watching with knew he was stealing. Yeah, but like that's, like that's going, who he is. And we saw him get backpicked on a single because he ran out of the base too. Yeah. This isn't even like I don't like to tamper anybody's aggression, you know, no. just in terms of that, but like he tagging up from pop lights a second is incredibly exciting. It's so fun, yeah. And you know he's <laughs> gonna keep doing that. It, 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 the injury risk will be there a little bit because of that. Like he did the splits last year and like did something else. You know, injured himself in another way just from playing hard. That doesn't. I don't think that means he's brittle. Like I, uh, kind of the opposite. Like you have to be really, you know, stable to be able to to play the way he does and last mm-hmm. that long. And I think he'll only get better at managing his body as he gets yeah. older um, because he's just a freak. But he has way more upside in yeah. a standard league. Um, the strikeouts are a concern for him, too. Um, so the, the rough around the edges part of his game are more concerns for if you're looking at you know team performance yeah. as opposed to his fantasy performance. Yeah, but he could easily be a 30-30 guy. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean that with net stolen bases as well. Like He could. He could just 
get just get yeah. caught stealing less. It's, he's he's he's, fa- he's fast enough. Yeah, if he picks his spots better. Yeah, like he, he would never get thrown out. <laughs> exactly. There's so, times where like it's a hundred percent that yeah. he's going, and like everybody in the stadium knows you're going. Yeah. Um. But yeah, hopefully the lo- the love I gave to Trey Turner wasn't lost. I have him ra- ranked ahead of <laughs> Tatis. He's either, he's either he gonna hit I'm third. surprised he wasn't number one. He's either gonna hit third and produce a lot more runs, or he's gonna lead off. And who would lead off if do uh, his thing. Turner hits third? Adam Eaton. I don't know anybody. Mm, I don't like that. Eric Thames. Um, you know, whatever. It, it doesn't really matter. You're splitting hairs. I think Trey Turner with the bat has a lot more potential. Like he's he's a three fifty on base hitter right now, but I feel like there's there's more there. Just like just from the eye test. So maybe that's not maybe there's not much to that. He's got great, great bat speed. Like he's he's on the brink. He's been on the brink for this entire time, and he's shown he's shown the flashes constantly. He just it's just a little injury here or there, you know, gets hit in the gets hit by a pitch in the wrist, and then you know has to start from scratch again. And like you know, I just the momentum that that he can have that he can generate is is going to be great. So that's gonna that I, that was really. A lot of talking for me. Yeah, I'm gonna stop talking. I'm gonna let you wrap up the show All right. because I need I need to lay down. You can't, can't, we gotta go somewhere. No, no, no. <laughs> not anymore. Right. Well, you're not going there. All right. So that so that does it for this first edition of the rankings preview. I guess call it. It's not a recap. It's a rankings preview. Rankings preview uh, for, for fantasy. Once again, uh, these rankings will be out in full soon on our website, beastshipbaseball.com/fantasy. You can also check out articles at baseball.com. I'm coming out with my division previews before opening day starts. Um, and then obviously catch the rest of our podcast, rate, review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, we're not on Spotify. Oh, we're not? Oh, that's right. Pay for it. It's um, fine. Never mind. You're almost, you've almost got it. I, Go. See, this is why you should be doing this. Okay. Uh, follow us on Twitter at BeachDiffBP. Also follow us on Instagram at BeachDiffBP. Ask us questions. We want to answer questions on these fantasy podcasts. Um, email us, BeachDiffBaseball at gmail.com. I got that right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think that's all we have for today. So thank you so much for listening. And as always, Alex. Peace. We're a fast-talking bunch today. Bye, guys. I like Trey Turner's